0: Welcome to He Read, She Read, the pie. Bi- no, oh, wow, you changed it up. Welcome to He Read, She Read, a biweekly podcast where a couple of married bookworms with very different reading tastes discuss books and the reading life. I'm Curtis,
1: and I'm Chelsea. Every other month, we also share a book club style discussion on one book we both read. On October 27th, we'll be talking about A Quiet Life in the Country, a Lady Hardcastle mystery by T.E. Kinsey. We recommend listening to that one on audio if you're reading along with us.
0: Today, we're recommending four books from our shelves for each other. If your reading tastes match up with either of ours, you're in for a to be read treat. To find a list of every title we mentioned in today's episode, go to HeReadSheRead.org slash podcast for show notes
1: been so long since we recorded I forgot how to start.
0: That happens, especially when you write new copy.
1: I know. We're freshening things up over here on the podcast because... Going this into is, year three. Yeah, uh, as of October we will start year three of the podcast, but September and the start of the fall season are like my new year, so I really like to spruce things up and start new stuff in september which is why when you get home you'll see that new things are hung up on the walls and the house looks a little bit different than when you left it
0: <laughs> as long as my books are in the same place that i left them we'll be okay
1: <laughs> that makes it sound like we were separated or something curtis is deployed for people who are just tuning in to the Here and Here podcast <laughs> i did not kick him out
0: <laughs> yet
1: I'm not planning on it.
0: Well, you know, I keep f- putting more books on the floor and stacking my over shelves. so if you can deal with that, I think we're okay.
1: <laughs> well, uh, speaking of books, it's been a really long time since I finished one. And I
0: thought you were on a good streak. Uh,
1: maybe last time we recorded, which was like a month ago. <laughs> I don't know Um, I feel like the month of August I barely read anything Um, that's picking up a little bit now but I just thought it would be nice to do a little reading life check-in at the top of the show here so I hadn't been reading much now that I am getting back into some fall routines and listening to audiobooks again it's getting better I'm actually picking up books and reading them um, but I'm curious, because we haven't really talked about, talked about it in a while. Are you reading anything lately?
0: I'm trying to mad dash finish a couple of books so that I can pack them away and send them home uh, as I'm wrapping up my time over here. So I'm trying to finish a, like a Stephen King, um, some nonfiction that you sent me so that I can get it sent back home. But I'm also picking up a little bit more on the audiobooks. So we had a couple of things set aside over the past couple of months that I haven't downloaded that I'm getting set up for when I'm getting rid of my physical books uh, for my remaining time. So, you know, I'm being motivated by outside entities that want me to read faster. <laughs>
1: So when you are in kind of a period where you're not reading much at all, what do you do besides watching TV and movies?
0: I think this doesn't come as a surprise to anyone because over the history of the show, I've talked about how many books that I own that I don't, haven't read yet, which is in the hundreds at this point and my library is massively backlogged. Because when I'm not reading, I just still look at books that I would like to buy, and I have impulse tendencies that are outrageous.
1: (laughs) How many books have you purchased during deployment?
0: Not that many. Um, There was a box that just probably arrived within the last week that has two new Michael J. Sullivans, and I swear that that is for a purpose because I've been burned before by the big not-to-be-named online retailer where they will stock his hardcover and then it will go away after a little while and then it's upcharged by the publisher. So he's done some things to make sure that that doesn't happen, but just to prevent anything like that, I just ordered a couple of hardcovers to finish out the series when he just dropped a new one. So my tendency is to, when I'm not reading buy more books that i'm not reading
1: (laughs) that has totally rubbed off on me at least just for this point in time i've been stressed buying books and then not reading them (laughs) (laughs) and i'm i'm trying to stop doing that it has evened out especially now that i am back in touch with my library because I get just as much joy from making a big library holds list and picking up a big stack from the library as I do purchasing books. So that's how I'm getting my high these days, I guess. (laughs) But I also look at a lot of books to download, whether they're audiobooks from Libro.fm or ebooks on NetGalley. I think about reorganizing my books. I talk about books a lot. So I do a lot of reading adjacent things when I'm not reading. I'm still always thinking about books. It's still my number one hobby, but yeah. Some some weeks though, I just barely open a book and barely read any pages and that's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. I, as soon as you sent me a picture of your shelves looking like my shelves where they're overstocked <laughs> and pushed to the edge of the, the shelf, Themselves, I uh, I knew if something was happening, so because yeah. what I'm thinking about is just the chaos that I left my office in with the amount of things that are on my shelf. I probably need to buy another shelf, honestly.
1: Well, the dream, of course, is that when we purchase our own house someday, we can have a room to be the library. We can have a library in our house. That's the ultimate dream, right? Where we can have wall to wall shelves.
0: We've already got the chairs, so we need to keep... <laughs>
1: we've need got the
0: chairs and the setups. We've got the books, definitely. Now we just need the house and the library.
1: Yeah, so that's the dream someday. But, I mean, for, for this stage of life, I'm okay with books stacked on the floor and piled up on nightstands and stuck in every nook and cranny. It just is what it is.
0: Now, as soon as you start stacking books on the floor next to your nightstand, which is also stacked with books, then we'll know that I've really rubbed off on you.
1: I'll send you a picture after we hang up. <laughs> <laughs> I also have books stacked next, on the floor next to my bookshelves, so it's, no, it's bad. We're <laughs> That's how you can tell what my mental state is. <laughs> <laughs> For Curtis, that makes him happy. For me, it's like, oh, That's... Chelsea's stressed. <laughs> we can tell. I
0: appreciate a, I appreciate a little disorder.
1: <laughs> All right. So when you have been reading, what is a book that you can give us a short review on here?
0: So the last thing I finished was an audiobook that I loved. I wasn't a big fan of the narrator, but the subject matter and the author and the amount of research that went into it, big fan. So I'm recommending Alone at Dawn by Dan Schilling and Laurie Longfritz. So this is a new release probably in the last year to two years, and it's about John Chapman, who is a Air Force combat controller. Uh, essentially, they are Air Force people that embed with Army and Navy special operations that call and relay to Air Force assets for air-to-surface, like, munitions and stuff. So they they basically call airplanes to drop bombs on things, and they're awesome. So the history of John Chapman, and he's, he's the first Air Force combat controller to ever receive the Medal of Honor, and he participated in one of the more well-known battles of the Afghanistan War, the Operation Anaconda. So I've read a lot of books on Anaconda. I know about John Chapman, but... What sets this book apart is it dives deep into the history of the Air Force combat controllers because not a lot of people know a lot about them. And it covers his story in more depth than some of the more broad strokes of a history on Operation Anaconda would cover. Like, I love Sean Naylor's Not a Good Day to Die as just an overview of the operation, but this just goes into more depth about his life and the struggle that he went through and the heroic nature of what he did to save his teammates lives and kind of the backstory back and forth with the process getting him uh, the Medal of Honor. So uh, embedded with the show notes is another cool thing about John Chapman is his Medal of Honor is the first that was ever captured on video because there were drones that were orbiting over top and were able to get full motion video of what happened. So Dan Schilling actually released something on his YouTube page to coincide with the book release um so i'll attach that with the show notes or more accurately chelsea will attach that with the show notes for people (laughs) who are interested
1: thanks for giving me the credit there hon
0: gotta give you the shout out so (laughs) overall the audiobook was good i uh i like the subject matter obviously if anybody can tell Um, the trouble was the uh narrator didn't always understand the acronyms and, like, oh. the shorthand that military people write in, and that annoys me.
1: <laughs> that would be really annoying. That seems like something it, that they should really make sure they know for a nonfiction book. I would
0: think—you'd think so. But it, it, some of the stuff and the acronyms and colloquial terms for, like, radios and shorthand things, they didn't say correctly. And as somebody who's in the service, that was annoying. But, you know.
1: So is that the part that you didn't like about the narrator? Or was their voice annoying?
0: A voice was a a little annoying, but manageable. It was more so that they were mispronouncing things that are, like, common in military circles. Gotcha. Not everything's perfect.
1: See, I am maybe just pickier about my audiobooks than than you are. Because I would just... I would be done if a narrator didn't hook me right away. But I know you kind of listen to these like a podcast and get it for the facts. So you're just a different audiobook Mm -hmm. listener.
0: I am, but good recommendation. Uh, Handed it off. Well, actually didn't hand it off, but made a recommendation for a couple of my soldiers that were looking for books to read. And like, you guys will really like this. So.
1: Well, that's always a good day. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a... uh, This one is an audiobook recommendation as well. Look at us in our audiobooks. Look at us. So I recently listened to... Actually, this is a book. This is the first book that I finished in a really long time. I listened to The Switch by Beth O'Leary. Beth O'Leary wrote The Flatshare, which was a contemporary romance... I guess it would be romance maybe file under women's fiction a book that i really really enjoyed also on audio and the switch is her newest one and it was so charming and it was just what i needed to listen to so it is about a young woman whose sister passed away and she's having a really hard time dealing with her grief and it's affecting her at work and her job says you need to take a leave of absence and you know rest so she goes to her grandma's house and meanwhile her grandmother is going through a transition of her own she recently separated from her husband of many years after he told her he was having an affair with a dance teacher And she was kind of like lukewarm on her feelings for him anyway. And so she sees this as an opportunity to do some of the things that she always wanted to do, but was previously um, held back from by her marriage. So she wants to go out and date. So they decide to switch places. The grandmother goes to London and signs up for some dating apps and starts living her best life and the granddaughter lives in this tiny little english village and starts to slow down there's a lot more to it than that there are family drama nuances a little bit of romance here and there not as much romance as the flat chair but i thought that it was so completely charming it alternated chapters and had two different narrators which i really ended up liking and enjoying and I, of course, love an audiobook with a British accent, so this one was excellent, and I would recommend it to anyone who liked the flat share, but just go into it knowing that it's not quite as much of a romance. It's definitely different, but it was really, really cute.
0: I mean, we have already said that our next buddy read is going to be an audiobook with a British accent theme (laughs) with The Quiet Life in the Country, so this is no surprise to anyone, but sounds cute.
1: It was really cute. Okay, so uh, before we get into our recommendations section here, Curtis, we've picked up a few new listeners lately, so I thought that we could share in our own words a little bit about our personal reading tastes, so that as we're recommending these books to each other and telling each other why we recommend these books, people get a sense of what we typically like to read if they haven't been listening to our show for very long, so Curtis, how would you describe your reading taste?
0: So I am a military officer with a degree in history. So I like military history books.
1: I call that Surprise. genre dad books.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reminded of like the John Mulaney where he's just like, yeah, my dad's at Christmas, <laughs> and I want to talk, and I'm uncomfortable, and I want to talk about a book I read about World War II. <laughs> So I like dad books like that. I am leaning more lately into like journalists who become historian writers. Um, I think a good example is like a really like Jake Tapper's book, and a couple other options um, in that genre. But I'm a big sci-fi fantasy nerd too. So I grew up reading like uh, C.S. Lewis and The Lord of the Rings. Shout out to Novel Pairings that just did a Fellowship of the Ring episode. And, you know, I love Game of Thrones and Michael J. Sullivan is one of my favorite authors. Name of the Wind might be my favorite book of all time. So that's, uh, did I miss anything? I feel like that, uh, that pretty much covers it.
1: Uh, I, well, I think you're missing the hefty biographies portion of your dad, ah. dad reading.
0: That is correct. So I I do enjoy memoirs and biographies, have a large presidential history library. Um, Yeah, I I think that is more encompassing. So military history, biographies, president books, and sci-fi fantasy.
1: I'm trying to think of how to describe my reading life because it's all over the place. Uh, I... I will try anything. <laughs> so I would say like growing up, the main things that I read were mystery and historical fiction. And that probably stayed true for me through a little bit after college. And then a few years ago, I started branching out. And since then, I read romance and literary fiction and contemporary fiction and um, I still really like mystery. I feel like I've gotten away from historical fiction, but every now and then a really good one will suck me in. The um, genres that I typically would stay away from, I don't read nearly as much nonfiction as you, although I have discovered that I love memoir. And I also really like uh, essay collections for nonfiction. Mm-hmm i don't read nearly as much sci-fi and fantasy as you do i try it every now and then but it's not something that makes up a lot of my reading life so Mm -hmm. uh i would say my taste is really vast and varied but it really boils down to compelling voice and story so when i do read nonfiction, it's typically story driven rather than fact driven for me
0: Now, at risk of using a word that I think I know how to pronounce and turns out that I don't because that has happened on the (laughs) show before, I have enjoyed your foray into memoir. Uh, Is that right? Foray? What do you call like dipping your toe into something?
1: A foray? (laughs) There's no French accent.
0: What did I say? <laughs> we're going to get we're going to get so many comments on this. This is unfortunate.
1: You said foare. And what is it actually? Foray. It's just F O R A Y. We're going
0: to get so many comments. <laughs>
1: Uh, oh. don't act like you dislike the attention. Uh,
0: this has happened before, oh, listeners. Gosh. I reference the Kermuffins incident. <laughs> 2019.
1: Um, um, I'll link to that episode moving right in the al- show notes.
0: <laughs> moving right along, uh your foray into memoir has been nice and I like that you try some of the sci-fi and fantasy stuff not necessarily the sci-fi piece but more of the fantasy like you've read a couple of the Game of Thrones I think you had some really nice things to say about Fellowship of the Ring when you read it so there's there's some overlap there which is fun
1: yeah we've been finding especially through this podcast we've been finding some more overlap in our reading lives and likewise You have, (laughs) I can't think of foray without laughing now, Um, you (laughs) have hopped over to other genres as well, and you've tried some more, um, a different style of nonfiction than you would typically read. You have tried a little bit more literary fiction, and so, yeah, I mean, we're readers who like to learn, so we're happy to try a new genre and see see what it has to offer all the time. So, we do recommend books to each other. Definitely over the last year, I would say we've been doing it a lot more than we ever have before. So, there are a few that are already on our list that we know we both want to read or one of us has read and the other one wants to. So, a couple books that I've read that I know you hope to read soon are the new jim crow by michelle alexander. I know that's been on your list for a while Definitely and is. Um, One that I just sent to you when I finished it is the undocumented americans by carla corneo via Um I just read that one Several weeks ago and immediately texted you you're gonna have to read this. It's so good. <laughs> So those are a couple. Um, Is there one on your shelf that I've already said that I'll read?
0: Yeah, and it came out after we did the buddy read for last month uh, when we did The City We Became. You really got into N.K. Jemisin. And I had read the fifth season a while back and have wanted to finish the rest of her Hugo Award-winning series. But I think you'll really enjoy that. It's kind of a stepping stone into more of her I, I, I don't want to say the word traditional fantasy, but not not a modern urban fantasy like The City We Became is. So I, I think you'll enjoy it, and I know you've expressed interest in wanting to read it.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure when I'll get to that one, <laughs> but um, I'm definitely, since being more acquainted with her work, I'm definitely definitely going to get to it someday. So what we're doing here is we each have four books that are sitting on our individual shelves and we're going to recommend them to each other. So Curtis, would you like to kick it off and tell me the first book that you would like to recommend to me from your bookshelves?
0: Uh, The first book is called uh, Wives, Do Not Judge Your Husbands for How Many Books They Buy (laughs) by... In all seriousness, uh, the first book that came to mind was kind of based on the fact that you like a little bit more of the memoir, but aren't huge into nonfiction. I'm recommending The Unwomanly Face of War, an oral history of women in World War II. Now, I know I just said a bunch of stuff about World War II books that are firmly in the dad category, but I think I'm redeemed by the fact that it's an oral history based on over 200 interviews uh, with women and young girls from the Soviet Union who participated in the Second World War and actually served in the army in various different positions. The books by Svetlana Alexievich. So she won the Nobel Prize in 2015 for literature, and a lot of her, the history of her writing is oral histories from regular people and digging into topics of like the Soviet Union, which is traditionally more oppressive for literature and then she just uses her, that career in journalism to create different narratives based on the actual witnesses to what ha- happened so what makes me think you'll like it is it tells a story on a different lens than something you're probably not that interested in so like I wouldn't recommend like a band of brothers or something else that I like that is more traditional for World War II but I think this could be interesting from the aspect that it's hundreds of women that took on different responsibilities and were for whatever reason were forced into or volunteered to serve in a time of need and what the outcomes were of that so what do you think?
1: I think it sounds interesting. I, I'm i really interested in oral histories. I think that that aspect would be cool. And then, of course, I'm a big fan of when journalists do a lot of different interviews and compile those into a cohesive piece um, by telling stories that connect to each other. So that definitely sounds like a good one for me. I know how to pick them. that was only the first one so let's not get too cocky
0: (laughs) we're gonna have to give like a thumbs up thumbs down for how we feel about these recommendations
1: like i feel like this one's a thumbs up
0: no i'm saying like just hearing the recommendation
1: oh yeah yeah. when
0: you so i feel like i'm a thumbs up on this one okay Look, you have to actually tell me
1: oh yeah thumbs up good I mean, we spent time thinking about these. I feel like they'll they'll all be good.
0: One can hope, but there might be some wild cards in here. <laughs> uh,
1: I thought we would go back and forth.
0: Okay. What uh, is the first one you're going to recommend?
1: I think that you would really like Educated by Tara Westover. So this is a memoir, and it is a story of her... Uh, coming of age in a an oppressive and abusive family environment, and a lot of it has to do with her hunger for knowledge and education, and the story of how she ultimately ended up going to college and studying history, even though her family was very firmly against traditional education. Um. I don't feel like I need to explain this one very much for listeners because this is a hugely popular memoir and it's I mean it's been out for a while but the reason that I think you would like it is partly just that you really like memoir in general you like people's Mm -hmm. stories I think that you would like her writing style because of the way that she goes about she writes like a historian. So when she's writing about a family incident, she'll say, this is what I remember happening, but someone else remembers this happening too. And these are the details that I have. And so she's kind of coming at it from a historian's perspective. She would like call her family as she was writing to pick up details that she missed. And then um, ultimately, the way that she falls in love with learning history is pretty cool so i think that you would like it i think you would like her writing style and you you enjoy a good memoir now and then that doesn't have to do with a historical or a military event and this one definitely falls in that category so that's why i would recommend educated by tara westover
0: we'll go thumbs up on this one uh originally when you were talking about this when it came out years ago it reminded me somewhat of a Viggo Mortensen movie that I like, uh, Captain Fantastic, where he's a father that's got isolated kids in the woods, and one of his kids is trying to get into like Ivy League schools and venture back into society, even though he's trying to keep them separated. So that back and forth I liked in that film. I feel like some of those qualities would also apply to this story, and everything that I've heard about the way that it's written people are big fans of so I'm for it
1: all right the best part about all of these recommendations is that they really truly are physically on our shelves and oh except for one that I'm going to recommend to you (laughs) but most of (laughs) them are available so that we can actually go and grab them and uh and read these so All right, Curtis, what is the next one that you would like to recommend to me?
0: So I don't know how you're going to respond to this one, but a category that I have gone into in memoir is relationships between families, specifically fathers and sons and fathers and families. So an example would be The Return by Hisham Matar, which I really enjoyed uh, talking about Arab Spring in Libya. The one that I'm actually going to recommend is Tell My Sons by Mark Weber. So I kn- I knew Mark Weber back in the day. Uh, he was one of my instructors at school and he was a fast riser in the army and was going on to bigger and better things and he got sidetracked one day uh, with a cancer diagnosis and he ended up passing away a few years ago. The composition and the origin for the book are letters that he wrote to his kids and lessons that he wanted to impart to his family about service about what he did in the military and why he lived the way that he lived and there's always a personal connection when you know the author and when they pass away and somebody who's a mentor and how that relationship kind of works back and forth and I don't think I've ever really talked in depth with you about like how our relationship was and how conversations that he had with me when I was a young kid kind of guided me in my career path uh, and decisions that I wanted to make. So I feel like if you read some of the backstory and this account, maybe you'll uh, understand that a little bit better.
1: I like the idea of your emotional connection to the book i think it will make me cry and i'm not a big fan of that <laughs> um well but... there's also
0: the option that you'll hate it because you hate books like the last lecture and i don't know if you've read tuesdays with maury but i don't think it would ever met land on one of your favorites lists well
1: i have read tuesdays with maury and tuesdays with maury snooze fest um but um I mean, it's it's one that I would try, but I'm not as enthusiastic about it. How's that?
0: I feel like that's fair and why I said that not all of these were going to be winners.
1: Yeah, but what you said about really liking uh, stories about fathers and families, that makes me think that you'll like educated all that much more because the key relationship that that book is about is the the father and the way that he um not in a good way is in charge of that family i think that with this one like i said i would love to hear you talk about that relationship more and i would read it so that i could understand that and appreciate the closeness to you but is it a book that i would pick up on my own i just don't like books that make me cry and it sounds so sad
0: It is very sad. I like books that make me cry.
1: I know. (laughs) All right. Uh, Speaking of sad books, the next one that I'm going to recommend to you is pretty weighty and um, devastating. So good transition. Um, I think that you should read Seven Fallen Feathers, Racism, Death, and Hard Truths in a Northern City by Tanya Talaga. Tanya Talaga is an incredible journalist and really great writer and storyteller seven fallen feathers follows seven seven different missing and presumed dead teens in canada and all of these missing kids were indigenous canadians and it is this really searing look at how the canadian government has has handled their relationship with indigenous peoples i mean since they colonized but um even later than that how how these missing persons cases and deaths slipped through the cracks of society what can be done about it all of that is there. There, It's really factual, and it's, like I said, it's a really searing look at what should be done. But also, the storytelling is really compelling. And I know that we're both fans of compelling stories told by journalists, so that's part of why I have this one on the list. But even though it is a, a Canadian um Book, I think that a lot of what can be learned from this nonfiction book can also be applied in America in terms of America's um horrifying history of colonization and to this day their poor treatment of indigenous peoples. So um that's Seven Fallen Feathers, Racism, Death, and Hard Truths in a Northern City by Tanya Talaga
0: we're going heavy with the back-to-back
1: yeah I I think the next couple of um books are a little bit heavier but that's where I think that's sometimes where our reading lives tend to intersect is like the the weighty heavy books that make you think so yeah oh
0: I went the completely opposite direction for my next one you're gonna love it well
1: that's good (laughs) before we get to that one let's Talk a little bit about Libro FM. We've hinted about our love for audiobooks on the podcast here already. I've been an avid audiobook listener for years. So if I'm walking Penny or if I'm folding laundry or driving somewhere, I'm always listening to an audiobook. I just started listening to Transcendent Kingdom by Yah Jesse, and it actually makes me want to find chores around the house to do, which is really saying something. And I'm loving it. So, I I know that we share a Libro FM app. So, Curtis, I'm curious to hear what you are listening to right now.
0: Well, I just downloaded Stamped from the beginning, which you recommended a while ago, and I didn't mention in my categories, but I'm a sucker for award winners, specifically Pulitzer winners and National Book Award winners, so that applies to this one. So, that takes a couple of boxes. And really, Libre FM is our favorite because with each download, we support independent bookstores. We're all about supporting indies so that when we go on plenty of bookstore dates, when I get back, we're showing that support.
1: The Libre FM app is easy to use. They updated it a while ago, and I am loving my listening experience with their app even more than before so you can enhance your reading life with audiobooks while supporting small business by switching to Libro.fm audiobooks today.
0: For listeners of He Read, She Read, you can get two audiobook credits for the price of one. You just go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O.fm, and enter the promo code HRSR, or you can click on the link in our show notes. With each listen, you can take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. All right, I'm going to bring us out of this, not melancholic, but depth into something a little bit lighter. So I remember you saying recently on the show that you have been in a little more open to some graphic novels. So, so something that I'm going to throw out there is not anywhere near your realm of experience, but it's the thrilling adventure hour graphic novel by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker so the thrilling adventure hour not to go down on a huge tangent is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. It is a, <laughs> it's a new time podcast in the style of old time radio. So they do like little 10, 15 minute segments, uh, like creature from the black lagoon. Uh, there's a segment on, you know, a billionaire hobo that goes around looking for his long lost love. But the main stories that I really love are, um, Mark Evan Jackson is Sparks Nevada, who is a martial Western from Earth that goes to Mars. So the cool thing about this graphic novel is it's created and written by the original writers of the show, and there's inputs from everyone, and it t- just uh, some stories that aren't covered on the podcast that they released after the show ended. So I know you've probably fell asleep listening to this show more than you probably uh, were used to in the car, because I don't know if you've ever actually <laughs> enjoyed it. Um, but I think you would... Uh, it's cute, and it's campy, and there's f- humor, so I think you would uh, take the time and read it, and you, would, you wouldn't you would mind it.
1: I did actually really enjoy listening to this podcast. I enjoyed some segments more than others, um, but I did enjoy listening to... A thrilling adventure hour on road trips especially because you loved it so much and laughter can be contagious so I think that that would be a great graphic novel for me to pick up especially maybe in between some of these heavier reads for when I need a laugh so thumbs up
0: thumbs up that's good <laughs> we're back on track people
1: all right I have a couple of mysteries to recommend for you because that's another significant part of our reading lives and reading tastes that overlap. So this first one is The Unquiet Dead by Ozma Zahana Khan. And this is another Canadian author. I don't know what it is about the Canadian uh, books that <laughs> make me want to recommend them to you, but that's just where we're at today. So. Um, this reminds me just a little bit of the Cormoran Strike series in that we have a lead detective who's really experienced and then we have his, not exactly assistant, but um, Rachel Getty works um, under Issa Kotak, the detective, as... Not, like I said, not an assistant, but she's just like more a more junior detective, a more junior investigator. So in a lot of ways, he's trained her and showed her the ropes. Um, and their relationship is a little bit complicated. And so I don't want to describe too much about this mystery because the jacket copy gives away a lot. But basically, they investigate a murder and there are ties to really heavy serious war crimes and there's a lot of history woven throughout this mystery about the Srebrenica massacre of 1995 which is a very um kept under wraps genocide so this one I thought It's not necessarily a compulsive page-turner, but I really liked the inside look at the detectives that we got and their relationship. I feel like with this series, it's one where you go on a journey with the detectives just as much as you solve the mystery with them. And I liked the tone of it. So I really enjoyed this one, and I liked it so much that I picked up the next... Two in the series, which I haven't read yet, but I'm going to. I'm planning on doing that this fall and winter. So I think that you would enjoy The Unquiet Dead by Ausmo Zahana Khan.
0: The best thing about recommending a mystery series is when you have three to recommend.
1: Yeah. I am hoping that I'll enjoy the next couple and then yeah, it's like you get bonus recommendations when it's a series.
0: Bonus recommendations are where it's at, people.
1: Speaking of series, I think that the last book that you have to recommend to me is a series.
0: Uh, just a tad. It's, we're we're going down a big rabbit hole with this one, so I'm, I'm shooting my shot, as they say, as the kids are <laughs> talking about these days. So it, because you just did an episode on Fellowship of the Ring, and you've kind of opened yourself more up to potentially reading more fantasy, and I don't want to throw something at you that I know you won't read like Name of the Wind even though it's excellent but it's 900 pages and that's just a huge commitment <laughs> for you and so I'm 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 compromising Chelsea with Theft of Swords by Michael J. Sullivan and the amount of times that I've talked about this book on this show is probably uncountable <laughs> like at this every point. every episode? <laughs> yeah, but it's it seriously ticks the boxes of what you liked about fellowship and expands on that and I think the cool part about it is you read up a little bit and got some of the backstory where he wrote this as a way to help his daughter with her dyslexia and he's got a really good relationship with his fan base and really I'm just trying to leverage this into you read the book and we find a way to get him on the show
1: (laughs) doesn't his uh his spouse edit his books too
0: yes they're a family enterprise and everybody is involved and reads the books, including his kids. So that's another aspect that I like about it. So as aspirationally, I'm trying to figure out a way to get you to read it so that we can figure out how to get him on the show.
1: (laughs) I'm interested. I don't think I would have been as interested, but after reading The Fellowship of the Ring and not hating it, I'm more inclined to try more of your fantasy books. And like you said, I really enjoyed Game of Thrones. It's not that I don't enjoy fantasy at all. It just has to be the right kind of fantasy. So if you think that I will like it and it's not 900 pages, then I'm into it. Thumbs up.
0: Well, well it's a trap because there's... <laughs> the. Th- Theft of Swords might not be 900 pages, but if you end up getting sucked in, it's a, a wild ride that is thousands of pages, so.
1: Well, cause it's how many books at this point?
0: Uh, so the original Ryria Revelations is, uh, it's weird cause it's like six books in three volumes. And then he wrote a prequel series and now has branched off into another series. So just for these ca- same characters, it's over 10 books at this point
1: so i'm hearing i have three books to read (laughs) (laughs) I,
0: i think i think if you just start with the first one and see how you like it that's honestly my favorite so i think you'll like it that's all i have to say about that
1: all right maybe we'll have to try it for a buddy read sometime
0: all right you want to take us home
1: Yes, uh, this last one I won't spend too much time on because I've actually reviewed it on the podcast. This is another mystery that I think you would enjoy. It is Long Bright River by Liz Moore. This one comes from uh, a mutual favorite that we loved is Attica Locke's Highway Fifty Nine series, and part yes. of why part of why we love that series so much is. They're atmospheric mystery novels that deal with timely topics, and you really get to know the main detective, and you get to know the characters really well. I think that's the same with Long Bright River. It's, I would file it under, it's a slightly more literary mystery, so like the Highway 59 series, more like the Tana French kind of style of mystery, and i really enjoyed it so the main character the detective of the novel she is driven because she really cares about her sister who is living on the streets as an addict this book tackles the timely topic of the opioid crisis and it was definitely highly readable i actually listened to this one on audio so it's not directly on my shelf but i i really liked it and i think that you would like it just because of some of the other mystery novels that we've both enjoyed i also really like that um i with actually now that i'm looking at this list this is a list of all uh women writers that i'm recommending to you because i'm always trying to get you to diversify your shelves um and get you away from from the dad books a little bit so
0: that is that is correct
1: (laughs) so that's another reason why this fits really well on this recommendations list so that's long bright river by liz moore and since it's a mystery i'm not going to describe the plot too much further than that
0: nice alliteration on the tackles timely topics
1: thank you i know you like alliteration as well so i thought that that would help sell it (laughs) Alright, so overall, if there's one on this list that you want to reach for first, which one do you think you would pick?
0: Well, it's a long reach to where your shelf is right now, (laughs) but uh, I I feel like I have to go after Educated just because it was so in the mainstream for so long. Everybody was talking about it and the things that you said about it as far as their relationships and the memoir aspects speak to me so i feel like i'm gonna have to go for that one first also would you say it's the shortest
1: um none of the books that i recommended are long all of them are actually pretty short so mm-hmm. uh, i
0: went for i went for that too i think two of mine are under 200 pages yeah
1: so, so it's pretty even with the other stuff
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Educated first. How about you? Was there something that called to you?
1: Well, I'm going to save Theft of Swords because I think that that would be fun as a buddy read or to read when you're actually home. I think that I'll save Theft of Swords for a possible buddy read with you or because I think it would be more fun to read it while you're home so that I can just imagine you being like, what part are you at? Kind of like you were (laughs) when I was reading Game of Thrones. And gosh, I think maybe I'm most likely to pick up the graphic novel. I don't I think know that if I'd be
0: the
1: I don't know if I would read it like all the way through, but that's something that I can imagine like going and picking up because it's split by the different like shows that they had, right?
0: That's correct. And I think you could just keep it on the coffee table. It's a good looking graphic novel.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I could just pick that up and almost read it like a short story and yeah. treat it like a little palate cleanser. So I think the thrilling adventure hour graphic novel calls to me the most.
0: I am intrigued by that and I thought it was a good pick.
1: All right. That was a lot of fun and I'm really looking forward to reading these and as we as we go through this list we'll definitely update update on the podcast um what we thought of these but it is that time for our recommendation of the week this is typically something that we are listening to or watching lately um or reading every now and then but we have some tv (laughs) shows to recommend so curtis what have you been watching
0: so i've been dipping my toe into jack ryan season two on amazon prime with john krasinski And, you know, going in, I was hearing some of the buzz that it's not as good as season one. I really liked season one a lot, which was unfortunate. And it's accurate. Like, it's not as good as the first one, but he's still phenomenal. I think he does a great job. And the storyline, at least, is compelling enough to keep me engaged. Uh, It's covering uh, an election and some behind-the-scenes work in Venezuela, where the first one was kind of a typical middle eastern terrorist plot uh type thing that tom clancy is more known for so i think this kind of is a little bit more espionage in a setting that people aren't really familiar with so i'm for it i don't know if you would like it but I, but i'm enjoying it
1: um curtis i know that you tend to watch comedy specials on netflix way more often than i do did you ever watch katherine mm-hmm. ryan's special
0: i don't think i did
1: She's a Canadian comedian. You're all about the Canadians today. (laughs) I really am. Um, Maybe it's because I miss Canada. We can't drive over the border right now. So she has a new series on Netflix called The Duchess. And it was just like a short six episode sitcom, 30 minute episodes. It went by really quick. I'm pretty sure I watched at all in one or two days. And I thought it was funny and charming, um, not a perfect series by any means, but it was entertaining for a little bit. Um, if you if you like characters you kind of love to hate <laughs> or characters who are not the people you would traditionally root for, this is something to watch. I thought it was fun because she played a Canadian immigrant in London, England, so she was bopping around with her Canadian accent and everyone else was super British. Um, oh, I'm into that. The The girl who plays her daughter in the show is really great and um, I really liked The scenes with her there were some really touching poignant moments and then there were some like really cringy moments um i'm i am curious to read some reviews i haven't read any reviews since i watched it but i liked it it was a good quick quick bingeable tv show so that's the duchess on netflix
0: definitely sounds interesting
1: i think that's all we have for recommendations Thank you for hanging out with us today. For podcast news and reading updates, you can follow us on Instagram at hereadsheread. On the weeks when we don't release a podcast episode, we send out a newsletter with short book reviews and a list of favorite things. You can subscribe to that newsletter at hereadsheread.substack.com. If you need a book recommendation or have a question for us, send us an email at hereadshereadpodcast at gmail.com. And thank you to Mark Anderson and Miles Eichner for our new theme music. Also, big shout out to Libro.fm for sponsoring this episode. Before you go, remember the couple that reads together
0: is fine generally with books on the floor. <laughs>